0: Well, good evening. Greet you again in Jesus' name this evening. I guess um, one thing almost all churches have in common is that it's really hard to get up front. (laughs) Some brave ones up here. Tonight uh, we're going to be talking about uh, we're ready for evangelism. And. um, It might not be a surprise to you that's what, that's one of my uh favorite purposes of the church one that i'm the probably the most passionate about not because i know any more any more answers about that topic um but i think it's one of it's it's getting pretty well i don't know if one's more important than the other but um Adding, adding souls to the kingdom or being part of that uh, has got to be pretty high on the list. Um, <clears throat> and I'm sure there's, there's others, there's some of you here uh, that are... more passionate about that than others as well i'm not going to ask for a raise of hands although um my guess is that most of the people in here would be able to tell me who who is uh who that is maybe not maybe you all are and that's great if that's the case the um What's one of the first verses that come to your mind when you think of mi- mission or evangelism, off the top of your head? It, I'm looking for a specific one, but it doesn't have to be that one. I, what's What's the first one you think of oh, that often gets referred to? The Great Commission. All right, go you there for and teach all nations. Actually, I'll just read that real quick. It's in Matthew 28. It's just two verses. Um, and yeah, that, these are very commonly um, recited with this topic. Starting at verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And I, I think um, the person that had come up with the five purposes of the church probably got evangelism and discipleship out of this one. Um, but tonight we're talking about evangelism. So, when we talk about evangelism, we also often talk about missionaries. Uh, does anyone want to define for me what a missionary is? Or what makes a missionary... All right, someone who represents Christ to someone who doesn't know him. Is that what you said? Good. The first night uh, you took, or not the first night, each night you are taking an offering and he said for your missionaries, right? So who's getting that? (laughs) Are they the only people in your church that are representing Christ to people who don't know him? I know you need to use a word for, for something. Um, but I kind of have, I do kind of have a pick with the, the word missionary. Um, because there, there's something about being a missionary. I don't know, it, it kind of puts that people who, I generally, generally you're thinking of someone who goes to somewhere that they weren't native to whether that's a different, usually a different country, but I guess it could be a different state or even city versus country or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just something I think about because so when, so those people's children, if they're born in that country, then are they still missionaries or, or who's, who's the local missionaries here? Um, And uh, not trying to get too caught up in terminology but, but as we go along tonight I would I would like to make sure we don't think of evangelism as or being a missionary as it's a lifestyle and and, and I think it's for each one of us. So as you think of evangelism, um, for yourself, or for anyone else, what motivates you to evangelize? Or what should motivate you? Or does it or should, it doesn't, if they're not the same thing, I, you can say either one. Um, yeah, what, what motivates you? or I'm assuming at, um, that you do evangelize, I guess, with this, but what motivates you to, to evangelize or to spread the gospel? Wanting others to have what we have. That being... Farms and nice cars. (laughs) That's what a lot of my neighbors think you all have. Right. And I understand what you're saying. I once asked a bunch of them what they think of when they think of a Mennonite. And yeah, it was interesting. Good food. That's definitely one. And uh, everybody has a park at their house. If you have a swing site, you have a park. Anyway. But yeah, no, um, that's right. I mean, I think that's a good motivation to realize that um, you have something to share with them that, that you wish they could have. Anything else? another one that, you, that isn't maybe for commonly thought of is the fact that um, if you live a lifestyle, a, a two kingdom lifestyle and you're looking to glorify God with your life, it seems like you, you might naturally desire to grow God's kingdom for him. Um, in in order to glorify him more. But if you can't seem to come up with quite enough compassion or um, so forth, what's at least one good reason to evangelize that we haven't talked about yet? kind of read it but it's, in. it's a command all right you can't get around that um, Jesus commanded us more than once um, to, to uh, take his place on the earth and teach others and um, show them the way So no matter what your personality is i don't I don't think there's a way of getting out of it. Maybe you won't be as um, involved as some but i think I think it's a command for each and every Christian so when you evangelize who who's your who's your main target or it maybe we should talk about whether Whether there is a target or there's there's so many different aspects of this that I would like to talk about and I'm not exactly sure which ones we will and we won't. Could have probably spent the whole week on this subject. Um, but who who should be the receiver of, of our evangelism? Anyone. Anyway. It's pretty basic, maybe, but just to verbalize it. I think All right, so geographically, it, it would be these things, or those closer to you, maybe not necessarily geographically, but um. Those closer to you, and then, yeah, there there is a verse um, where he talks, where he gives different cities. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but yeah, that's that's good. Anything else? Who are we trying to specifically evangelize to? Generally, or should be the
1: unsaved.
0: The unsaved. Good. Um, let me just read something real quick out of Matthew nine, nine to nine to thirteen. Matthew nine, verse nine. And Jesus passed forth from thence. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, "Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners?" But when Jesus heard that, he said, "They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy, and not sacrifice: for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." So you can see he was proactively reaching out to sinners so how do you um, how do you all do that here I'm uh, just curious what's um, how do you get the gospel to sinners used um, personally or or collectively. I know next to nothing about y'all, so. And there's many, many ways, but how does it look for you all? Or or maybe maybe you just can think of a way that it could look, too. That's fine, too. Often, one that that's that can be a tough place, (laughs) but it, it, it is a good place, it's just as good as anywhere else, yeah. And I, um, during the lockdown and all that, that was our church had just started a few months before that, and um, yeah, that kind of give an interesting dynamic to what people were expecting to do. Um, and I had to wonder if maybe we'll talk about this a little later too, but maybe maybe we'll have to rethink um, some things coming into the future. I, I hope it was a a once once in a lifetime thing, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that. Um, any other op- Any other things you can think of? How you target the sinners? Are are, are church services a good place to evangelize? Okay, all right, any of them? I'm, I'm not, Sunday right, Sunday morning. And I would agree with you. If that's the point of our Sunday mornings, I would say we're probably failing. I mean, just my opinion. Um, so it's not Sunday morning. He said at work. How many of you have proactively uh, shared the plan of salvation with someone at work in the last month, you think? A couple. So either, either you didn't want to show off by raising your hand, or that's, another place we're not doing a ton of it. Um, so where else? Or what are the other? Uh, sure, I, yeah. Or, or, or are you of the, the persuasion that we live our life and... Um, I'm not saying this is a bad persuasion, but... Uh, and uh, it shows. Like, people see Christ through the way we live and for the most part, that's, that's good enough. I mean, if they ask, we can engage them, tell them. Or do you think we should be fairly proactive in like sharing above and beyond that? Good. Anyone else? There's a lot of other group, or non-Christian groups that look different too. Um, yeah, I think I think it's important that they know why. I'm I'm never sure what to do. I have people apologize all the time for for cursing in front of me. I'm never sure what to oh like if it's a you know if they just say in passing. I'm never sure. Um, it is a good. Opportunity to witness, um, because to me sometimes like there's no point in pleasing me, so I um I would rather not hear. I'm glad I'm glad if they um, try not to do that, but um, sometimes I, I do try to. Let them know that, you know, it's, it's not me that, that doesn't want you to be doing this, you know. Which I think he had pointed that out some too. So where else? Where else do we target the, the sinners? Or maybe there's not too many in Myerstown. I know we have some 11 in Lebanon. <laughs> maybe more than some. Uh, Romans 10 verse 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed." And there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is the part that um, I want to emphasize. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written... This is quoted from Isaiah. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good peace. And so, I guess my, what I'm, my point there is, so we know there's, there's people, there's unbelievers around us. The scripture says, how do they know if, if no one preaches or no one tells them? Um, and sometimes I wonder if we do well at getting the word to to the unbeliever. A lot of our services um, tend to be for the, the believer, for fellowship and encouragement, which we need. We talked about that. It's very important. Um, but sometimes I wonder how much effort we put into, into the unbeliever. And one thing that might be a telltale sign is and I know we don't want to we plant the seed and one of one of the most annoying questions you get when you have an outreach or a ministry of some sort and it's been going for some time is when people ask you, um how it's been, you know, how, how successful it's been or how many, how many converts you have or whatever, all that, um, because that's not necessarily a, I mean, it, or is it, um, sort of speaking out both sides of my mouth, I guess, but, um, Maybe that's a good question for them to ask. I re—I was at a church once. Um, and in the back of the church. They had a timeline from the beginning of the church. And pictures throughout. And back about. Oh, 30, 50, 60 years ago. I'm not sure. somewhere There was lots of pictures of. Um, people with. Names that weren't. Martin and Weaver and whatever. Um, like. Foreign, names I didn't recognize, last names, and different ethnicities, and and uh, I was asking someone there about it because the church now is pretty much strictly multi-generational Mennonites, um, with the the Mennonite last names, and they said, oh that yeah you can you can attribute almost all those people to I forget what the man's name was, but so-and-so. Um, when this church was started as an outreach, he was passionate about it. He went door-to-door regularly. And um, he had, yeah, incredible vision for reaching the, the people of this city. Um, and when he passed away... That was lost somewhat, and um, no one really took his place. That always kind of stuck with me, um, because what if, what if that was the majority of our church? Maybe it is here. Um, yeah and I don't know and like I said I don't I'm not necessarily fond of judging success by because you don't you don't know who you've touched and what you've done and where what life choices they've made somewhere else or um, with our children's ministry that was a question we've we've often had how effective was it because it was going for what 20 years or whatever um and that's—I don't—I don't think that's really a question for us to answer. But I do think that um, your attendance or um, community joining can can be an indicator of how you're how you're doing in some ways. But you're at a tough spot here because you have. I once, I once did some. Uh, I was trying to advocate for more Mennonite churches in Lebanon City, so I uh, took a square mile or something in Lebanon County and counted up all the conservative churches within there. And then I took the population of people here, and um, if there was the same ratio of conservative churches. To people in Lebanon City there would be I think it was fifteen conservative churches in the city um, as you have out here, and uh, in Philly, I think it was like 800 conservative churches and there's one there so guess what I'm saying is maybe maybe the pickings are slim in Myerstown got a lot of competition. Um, Anyway, moving on, I, I think another thing I think about sometimes with evangelism, and, and maybe I'm off my rocker, I like to think about things outside the box sometimes, so um, bear with me. But, Mennonites or conservatives in general are pretty good at being cutting edge with our businesses and our lifestyle. Get rid of the outdated sort of. Um, and our, you know, in our business, that we study what would provide the best results. We're known for, for, um, I mean, you take the average citizen. For sure, where I live, I'm not sure, probably where you live too, and, and and look at what percent of them are business owners with successful businesses and that sort sort of thing, and you'll see pretty soon that it's not even, not even close, and and some of that is. Um, because of your faith, you're you're honest, you have integrity, and some of that falls. You're blessed because of that. Um, but then sometimes I wonder if our in our church life or our evangelistic efforts, if we if we put quite the effort into, you know, our our culture shifts. We don't have a church going young. Like, I would say back in your parents' age or even before that, um, one really good evangelistic tool was just inviting them to church. Like, that was just the thing to do. Um, I mean, a lot more people came to church, uh, when they were on tough times or whatever. Now it's not a thing, um. A lot of the people my age and younger, their parents didn't even go to church ever, and so sometimes I wonder if I don't know how do how do we get how do we get the word to those unbelievers? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Maybe maybe you just have this all figured out. Like I said, I don't know about what y'all do, but. Um, Why would a neighbor even come to your service if you did ask them to come here?
1: not coming to my church or I feel like that's my most powerful point of evangelism. Um, does that mean that Myers town that my neighbors are coming here uh, now? no. Some of them are going to church.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's a good point. The the relationship thing. I have that's a very um, controversial method I suppose <laughs> um, I probably fall on different sides depends who I'm arguing with but um, I think too that that is, that is a incredible tool to evangelism is relationship because um, somehow they're going to have to find, see that you have something that they want and so if they're not going to come here, yeah. And that's those are even easier to build. Y'all should live in the city for at least a year. <laughs> um, it's just been eye-opening. But it also has been challenging because on your bad days, I get to see you too. Lots of people get to see you. So, any other thoughts? On, yeah, how, how to reach, practical ways to reach the, do we put enough effort in? Should we be more proactive?
1: This because I have been less than courteous to telemarketers too many times, but just recently I got a call and it was your social security has been breached and I have called out many times. I was just prompted, I'm sure, to press one to talk to the and something rises in me to prove to the person that you know that, that they're wrong, but. I just simply shared the gospel. And I said, uh, number no one, from the foundation, let's just we know that social security will never call. So you're living a lie, and you don't have to. And I just shared it is shared, and we had a lengthy discussion. She was so soft, She not a word about her agenda. one way that we can Mm -hmm. uh, when they're calling us but like I said in Western Korea it's too many times that they're very much of a bother and they call at the most inappropriate times but it is a I think we need to be sensitive to the spirit
0: yeah that's a good point um, sensitive to the spirit is is key and then following through on his promptings which is yeah. anyone else or any thought on this any questions you have i mean i know you all have opinions but you might not want to share them now as soon as i say you're dismissed then isn't it always interesting how service can be so quiet and then when the bell goes, it's like everybody's got an opinion. Like after a brothers' meeting, um, I was talking to or listening to someone recently that said uh, that they they think that one of the lost positions in our Anabaptist church is the evangelist. Um, I don't know if he's have any of those here, but I I do know some churches have ordained and support a person who spends their time reaching the lost. Ephesians 4, um, Ephesians 4 verse 11, it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, which in that case, doesn't mean someone who's predicting the future, more like someone who's sharing the word. And some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature, here, for the fullness of Christ. And we, um, we have a lot of those positions that we fill, um, but... Um, and I don't, I, like I said, I don't know, I don't know what you all have here, but the, uh, the evangelist is someone who I don't actually often hear a lot of. Um, I've heard that the, the U.S. receives almost as many missionaries as, it's like in the top, I forget, it's in the top part of the chart of missionaries that we receive. Um, and I always find that fascinating too. Because for a long time, we always thought of ourselves as the people who were supplying the, the missionaries. Um, there was a, uh, t- it just actually happened that today, how many of you are familiar with Anabaptist Perspectives? A few of you. Um, they just uh, had released a video, uh, a video today, a discussion. They were pushing back on some criticisms they got from their YouTube channel and such on mission. Um, that's, a, that's a fascinating listen if you um, want to listen. Um, one other thing that I think about sometimes too is we often, in ministering to others, um, in the past it's been common to use eternal punishment as a motivator for them to commit their life. And in that book that I referenced, I think with it last night maybe, over the underpass, he talks about being at homeless mission shelters and um, about one in twelve. Most of them were hellfire sermons, and then about one in twelve wasn't. Um, and he said he began to see that maybe, maybe it's a little bit like telling a uh, a man who hasn't had anything to eat for a couple of days that if he doesn't change his ways he's going to starve I mean he's already living that when you tell someone who is almost living hell on earth that they're going to go to hell um, and he, was, he found it much more inviting when they preach from a standpoint of what they could have uh, what they could be free from what they, um, God's love and so forth not that not that, God's, not that you want to preach all God's loving and, um, you know, you can go too far that way too where there's no, you just need to commit and then you're good to go forever. Um, but I don't think we probably err on that side at all. Anyway, we went down a lot of rabbit trails. Is, is there anything anyone had to say or wants to say or ask relating to? anything that we talked about. What are your thoughts? I know what I think. <laughs> I know of a um, I try to say this, I'm uh, much, much more conservative church than you or I go to, that more than 50% of their membership is first generation from the community. And um, that made me, when I heard about it, it kind of, I don't know, it made me uh, reconsider some things I thought. my opinion, I think if we would do a better, maybe we should put more effort into actually getting the message to the people in some way. I'm not saying I know how that is. Um, I listened to uh, David Burso, The um, you probably, some of you probably heard of him. He's ex-JW or Jehovah Witness. And he would have said that um, they go house to house or whatever. And when he did that, he said he, he remembers distinctly one time he went into a a house where a woman was, uh, she told him to come in, and it was kind of awkward because there was the Mormons were there at the same time. And they were signing her up for a Bible study. And he said, there's a lot of times where People were seeking, and it's just a matter of who gets there first. He said if it would have been an Anabaptist person, or if he would have got there first, or the more, it didn't matter who got there first. She was seeking, and they were saying they had what she wanted, and so she signed up with them. And uh, yeah, that, that's challenging too. Like, are we just not, could we do better at um, presenting? What we have to to those who are seeking, and I let you all think about. Or, yeah, there's so many ways that could be done. Um, yeah, if someone knew a good, clear cut way to do it, I, I think we'd all be doing it. So. Um, Anyway, we, we need to, I need to let you all go here so you can uh, discuss with each other how you all are going to do this. But um, I guess my challenge is there is no effect of evangelism if you don't have a genuine testimony yourself. So first of all, make sure that you have something that's worth sharing. And then um, heed the spirit. Take courage when he prompts. I don't think it's always going to be in your comfort zone. Um, and don't be afraid to uh, to look like a radical sometimes. Um, sometimes. Jesus was was far from doing things the common way in his time. And I think um, sometimes we need to to step out as well. All right, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for bringing us safely through another day. Just pray that you would be with each of us as we go to to work or or wherever we relate to other people. Just pray that you would open our eyes and help us to see them as you see them. Just pray that your spirit would prompt us and that we would be open to his leading. Just pray that you would give us courage and not be ashamed of um, you or the gospel. Help us to um, continually uh, remember and, and be able to understand what we've been delivered from and, and how precious what we have is so that we can be inspired to, to share it with others and help them to, uh, give them the opportunity to have the same freedom in you before it is too late. Just pray that you would, um, help us each to, um, rise above any, any struggles that you might have coming our way in our Christian lives and just help us to be strong and be faithful. And, um, and be able to have a clear testimony for you uh, with those we meet. Just pray you be with us the remainder of the night and pray for safety as we travel. In Jesus' name, amen.